0: You're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life giving message of Jesus Christ that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message Hey guys, um, I am more than abnormally excited about today's message. And I have to find a way to contain all of these emotions. Uh, I think this is going to be an abnormally powerful message. The Lord uh, woke me up earlier than normal this morning. And um, I didn't understand it at the time. But the only thing I, when I, you ever just wake up and you know something? Like, you just like, it's the first thought. And it's not supposed to be the first thought, you know. But I knew that for whatever reason, this is going to be an at-home message. And I don't know what to do with that. But. Um, there's a lot of you watching, and we're thankful for those of you that are watching today. And I get a sense that this is going to be viewed in weeks to come. Last week, uh, Shaza crushed it. You need to know, um, I'm so thankful for, her, for the anointing that's on her life. If you didn't hear the message, um, you, should, you should find a way to download it on like a slower speed so you can process the way her brain thinks. <laughs> Man, it's so crazy. She could get out. I think she got three sermons in last week in in thirty minutes. Uh, but it was so powerful as she talked on shame. I just I, I gave her that title and that message and that like theme, and I I had no idea what she was going to unpack. But it came right for me. Uh, I gave it to her last minute. Uh, I had a crazy week last week, and just it, was, it just became too much. And uh, it was cool to find out at two in the morning when I got her sermon notes because that's when she finished it. She stayed up praying and believing and asking God, and I was super thankful that that's what came out. Two weeks ago, we talked about canceling apathy. We're in a, a series called Cancel Culture, as uh, we're, I'm, I'm realizing just kind of the attack that society is going to put on the church, and uh, and kind of what is happening in the world that we operate now in. There's this ability that if people don't agree with what you're saying or doing, They'll cancel you. They'll put shame on you. And man, uh, there's so many layers of this that bothers me, but I do see this happening more and more, and I want to combat it. Uh, So I wrote this message, and then this morning, the Lord said, you're you're actually going to use this passage, and so I don't, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Would you all stand to your feet as we read God's word today? Cancel culture week three. We're reading today in Acts chapter 16. I really did not see this coming. Here we go. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met with a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. Who are telling you the way to be saved? She kept doing this for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs and unlawful, uh, customs unlawful for us Romans to accept and or practice. The crowd then joined in and attacked Paul and Silas and the magistrates and ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet into stocks. Let's pray. Jesus, help me. Amen. If you are a praying type of person... Uh, I would encourage you to intercede with me today as I, uh, this is, I think this is coming for some folks. I I don't know what you see in this. Uh, There was a quote that um, came across my mind this morning by Martin Luther King Jr. that said, um, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And I think about this passage, uh, Paul lived in a way that just is not like mine, and I wonder as we set off tomorrow to go to work, why does our life look so different than theirs? First of all, they were on their way to prayer to start the day, and uh, they're on their way to prayer. They're, they're seeking the Lord, and uh Man, they just had a mission to see the gospel of light spread. It was their highest priority all day, every day. That was what they wanted to see happen, was to make sure that they put out the darkness everywhere that they went. I pray that that's our anthem. Please hear me. If you are an average churchgoer, it is not your mission in life to just be a believer. If we are disciples of Jesus and followers of Jesus and we believe in the gospel of light, it is our objective in life to make sure that the light inside of us influences the darkness around us. And they lived with this mission. Several things pop out to me in this passage that is crazy. I love that they started off the day in prayer. I love that. There was this lady that followed them that was telling everyone around them how great they are and about their mission of life. I would probably be encouraged by that. Imagine if you went to work tomorrow and people followed you and just saying how great you were at your mission. That's really what this lady was doing. And for whatever reason, Paul recognized it as something different than what we see with our eyes. I don't have this crazy gift of discernment. Oftentimes, I think everyone is just wonderful. I I, I believe in everyone's motives are great. I don't know why, and people that have discernment laugh at me with this motive, Uh, but I have found people that tell me that I'm great to have the greatest motives, maybe because I just like being told that I'm great. (laughs) Word to self, never tell a speaker that they're awesome, truly, don't do it. Um, you could tell them that what they said spoke to you. But don't tell them that they're great or that they did great. Tell them that what God used them to do was great. Big difference. Uh, but anyways, this person went around telling them that the, 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 these guys know the way to be saved. And Paul looked at her and called it a spirit. I don't know in our life if we ever recognize things for what they are spirit. Why don't we see spirits? Maybe it's because we didn't start our day off in prayer. But I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe times have changed and all the devils of hell went back to, to Hades and they're no longer anywhere near us. But I think that somewhere we have to open our eyes and see things as they are. I haven't got to the sermon yet, so I've got to move faster. <laughs> so, Paul was annoyed and he cast out that, that spirit. And what happens is, Paul was trying to, in his mission, cancel darkness. We live in a society where darkness is trying to cancel light. I don't know what it is that makes believers feel like they can't speak up about Jesus. I don't know what it is that would make you feel like you're inferior or less than or not as good or you have to keep silent or be ashamed of knowing the God of the universe. But the world is trying to find a way to do this. And what happens is when the world has an agenda, and it's crazy what the agenda is. See, this thing called cancel culture is kind of funny because what cancel culture is is the ability to have free speech and silence speech. It's a weird agenda that's going on. It's really muddled. There's really a lot of layers in it, and it's all darkness. What this is going on here is these people were losing their influence because they had a cash cow. And when they lost their cash cow, they felt like they were going to lose something. And so they attacked Paul, and they beat him with rods. I want to make sure that you understand, I don't know if the day is now, but man, times have changed really rapidly in the last five years, 10 years, and 15 years. And there was a lot of people much older than I that get a sense that it may be very soon that persecution may actually hit America. And I don't look at this as a political thing, I actually just look at it like a spiritual thing. So while the conversation could be red or blue, I look at it as light and darkness. And the important part about this is not my opinion or any of these other things. I actually look forward to persecution. I know that you guys think that I'm maybe kind of weird about this, but it's always been persecution that has been good for the church. Because when someone among us actually for the first time feels like they're losing their rights, maybe now we'll speak up a little louder. And so what's happening is you are being clapped at and you are being silenced and we have to learn to speak up. I haven't got to the sermon yet. Crud, I'm in trouble. So they were beaten with rods. Beaten. With rods, my man Paul, they took this dude and hit him with a big stick. Not once, lots of times. Can you imagine this happening in America? Man, the YouTube things would go crazy. It's, it's coming. Not, not because I like, am someone that likes theories. History repeats itself. Again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And darkness doesn't like the light. And so they were severely flogged and thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully, and he received these orders, put them in the inner cell, and fastened their feet into stocks. My message today um, is uh, about freedom. A message today, hold on, I'm going to get a drink. I didn't want to write this message about this. Uh, The message today is actually about depression. It's actually about anxiety. but None of that is found in this story. No one sees depression. No one sees anxiety. But it's all around us in culture today. Depression and anxiety. I want you to know that we are a church that believes in freedom. We believe that freedom isn't just possible. It was paid for. It was purchased. And you deserve it. I hate what the enemy does to people and the lies that he puts on us and asks us to partake in. And I want to make sure that you understand the enemy has no rights in your life, but where you allow him. The things that I get upset with, and I want to be careful with this, I do understand that some people have clinical problems with depression and anxiety. I do. I do also believe with 100% certainty that it is 100% possible for you to be delivered because of what Jesus did on the cross. I do empathize and feel for the prison that you get stuck in, in your mind and in your heart and all of the feelings that race through you. I identify with them and I have fought them also. You're not alone. There are other people sitting in the same row that is battling the same things you are. But you can be free. Today, I'm thinking about this message, and I'm thinking to myself, what happened that day in that prison cell for Paul and Silas? What went through their minds? Maybe I am being really unbiblical, but I'm going to take some slack and just imagine what we would have thought if we were in that cell that day. Can I take some liberty? I'm going to do it anyway. Here we go. I think that if I was Silas, you know, this was Silas's first journey with Paul. This was day one with Paul, the hero, the guy, the man. Hey, follow Paul. He's really good at this stuff. He—he's. I'm telling you, good things are going to happen. Day one. Can you imagine day one in a ride along with your new coworker and you got into this situation? Guess who I'm not riding with tomorrow? Am I lying? Or would this thought have happened to you? Maybe you just rode in a car with someone for the first time and you saw the way they drive. I'm never getting in a car with Shaza Thomas again. (laughs) I've said that. I've felt that. Silas actually felt it all over his body. You know what else I bet he thought? I bet he thought, you know, this always happens to you, Paul. This is 100% your fault. I knew we shouldn't have pushed the envelope that far. Anyone else? Why? Because there's doubts when we're sharing the gospel. I don't know if I should. And you either obey or you don't. But what if you obey the Lord in your life and it costs you something that's actually harmful to you? American church, I want you to understand the actual Bible. It should hurt you, it should cost you something. It cost Jesus his life. It costs everyone that we read about, every hero of faith. This is not your faith. It is our faith. And people of faith, it costs them something, and it actually hurts. And if it doesn't hurt, if currently everything in our life is good and all we have is something to be thankful for, you're doing it wrong. It should inconvenience you. It should inconvenience your bank account. It should inconvenience your speech. It should inconvenience your comfort zone. The gospel isn't supposed to be this easy. I'm not. I'm not trying to be. I'm, I'm actually just trying to be a New Testament believer reading this to you today. So depression and anxiety. I'm trying to think of what else Silas would have thought. You know, just two days ago, um, so in, no, two chapters ago. This is the first missionary journey with Paul and Silas. The last one, you know how it ended? Pretty funny. Paul was preaching with his man Barnabas, and uh, he went a little too far, and he said some things he shouldn't have said. You know what they did? They got stoned. No, not like that stoned. Like they they <laughs> they got stoned. Like they threw rocks at him. The Bible says that they threw rocks at him and left him for dead. And then the disciples had to drag them out of the city and pray over them until they woke, woke up. I just want you to know, like, um, Silas probably was like, this always happens to you. You always push this too far. I'm not doing this ever again with you. Or what if he, it wasn't about him? What if it was about me? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done it. God, is this happening because of me? Anyone else ever go through the, what, This is this my fault? Is my, does my bank account look like this because of me? Did I say the wrong thing? Maybe I should apologize. Maybe I should go to those people and say, I'm sorry, you guys were right. We shouldn't have cast that devil out of that lady. Um, we're going to put the, the devil back in the lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you're in prison... And you're in a holding place and you're in a cell that's dark you think a lot you think of all the ways that are things that i wish that i can do that can get me out of here maybe it's tylenol that can help me take the edge off and the pain relievers that i need right now in my body maybe it's god's fault maybe it's god that's doing this maybe jesus really isn't the lord and maybe we, went, we, we just got a little too hyped up on coffee this morning. And uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know what questions you have in your life or anxiety that you face. Let me define what depression is. Uh, depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness or a loss of interest. Also ca- called major depression disorder or clinical depression, it affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a, vri- a variety of emotion of physical problems. Um, let me tell you another. Uh, anxiety is a feeling of fear or dread or uneasiness. I don't like this. I, I, I just, you know, this is, uh, I don't... Uh, It might cause you to sweat, feel restless or tense, or have a rapid heartbeat. It could be normal reaction to stress. For example, you might feel anxious when faced with a difficult problem at work before taking a test or making an important decision. I don't know why I'm talking about anxiety or depression other than the fact that I felt like the Lord asked me to today. I can't see this as an increasing problem in society. I didn't even know the word anxiety existed 15 years ago. Now, everyone has it, including every small group has it. People panic on their way to walking in a church. Walking into a church, we're terrified that we're going to be in a room of people. It's not because you're an an introvert. It's because darkness is trying to keep you away. It's all spiritual. You can pretend that it's not. You shouldn't feel uneasy about going to a small group. You shouldn't feel uneasy about attending a Bible study or a prayer meeting. You shouldn't feel anxious because there's prayer and you're not good at it. This is where we learn. It's spiritual. Now, here's the problem. These two things that I'm talking about, depression and anxiety, they can be clinical. But they are strongholds. What a stronghold is, is a thought or a feeling that we can't get away from. I can pray it off you right now in these altars. You're going to find a way to pick it back up tomorrow. I can't seem to get away from this thought, from this pattern. What are the thoughts that circulate you? Is there someone in your life that you feel like will always do this, and they'll never stop doing this, and you're in a prisoner in a situation of someone that won't change? What happens is these thoughts get—they're—they're they're really just lies, and they're easier to be to put on every time we think of them. Scientists today would call this cognitive bias. What it means is, I—the I, way my weird brain thinks—is I—you've heard me say this before—I think of it like s- snowing um, and sleigh riding and down a wonderful hill. Uh, the churches went up to Michigan yesterday and it snowed and everything's beautiful up there and Ted and Amy and all of you guys. <laughs> Cognitive bias is when you go sleigh riding, the first path down the snow sets the tone for the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. The next guy. What's important for you to know this Is that when you believe a thought, the next time that situation happens, it's easier to believe that thought. When people struggle with anger, it's not because of any other reason other than they have a stronghold. Because when a situation happens, they choose to act the way that they've always acted when these feelings bring it out in me. Make sure you understand. This is my friend Stephen over here. Stephen was over here, I could punch Stephen right in the face. You know, I can't make Stephen angry. I can't make him sad. I can't make him confused. I can't make him feel lonely. I can't make him, he will choose every emotion he puts on. Strongholds are old situations that are so familiar that we do it without thinking about it. Paul and Silas had a choice when they were in prison. They could think the way the rest of us would think, or they could be disciples. Now watch this. They could blame the people out there that are so hateful and they don't understand that we just love them. I'm never going back to these people again because that's how they are. And you know what they deserve? They deserve me to cancel them. And I'm never going to tell them about Jesus. They can all go to. You understand what I'm saying? We can think whatever we want. And based on the way things happen in life, some of us get angry, some of us get sad, some of us get depressed, some of us get anxious. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, and self-control. I-, I want you to know we choose the emotions that we want to live inside of us. And you're either going to feed it or starve it. But the Holy Spirit's going to tell you it's wrong. and We're going to choose to go back to that well and drink it again or not. Paul and Silas could have thought of any truth they wanted sitting in that dungeon after they had been beaten with rods, after they were treated unfairly, after they were only trying to do something nice. You know what they chose? They chose to sing. So weird. I don't know, man, Deb. I can't imagine you. I love you. I think you're a great singer. can't picture you singing in that situation. And maybe that's why we don't have the fruit that they have. But Christ is calling me to be a disciple. Now watch this. There's a lot of truths in this world. The truth is God let it happen. The truth is it was Paul's fault. The truth is it happens to Paul everywhere he goes. The truth is we said too much. The truth is we should have never come to this town. The truth is whatever you want to frame it as. Let me make sure you understand something. If you're a believer in Jesus, your truth is what you were supposed to have learned we were supposed to abandon a long time ago. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Sitting in a dungeon, after we have been beaten with rods, doesn't feel a lot like freedom. But it is if you know Jesus. It is if you know the Prince of Peace. What I'm saying is some of you are in a marriage right now where you don't feel like there's peace. You don't feel like there's freedom. You don't feel like there's liberty. No, 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 no. He's there. You're just not living in the tree where where the Lord's at. We have to choose what we believe. You can blame them. You can blame them. You you can blame me. You can blame whoever you want. But that stronghold wants to pull you down and make you feel like a prisoner, like you can't escape and that you're stuck. And here's the thing that's so gross is, is TV is selling this stuff called depression right now. And it's getting darker and darker and darker. Over the last several months, I know so, so many stories I'm getting in my inbox and in my text message of kids that are attempting suicide. It makes me want to scream because it's, it's on Netflix and it's, on, it's in all these movies of people self-harming themselves. But that is what happens when it grows. Really, the self-harm starts in our thoughts in these little baby things when we make other people the enemy or when we blame ourselves or when we forget to choose joy to choose to praise the lord is it does this make sense at all all right i have to open. i have to keep going In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with, with, with God. And all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In the beginning was the Word, 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 and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the reason why I'm saying this is, what is truth? What is truth? There are a lot of different truths. Truth is whatever. This person works too much. This person doesn't work enough. This person uh, smells. This person smells great. There's a a lot of things you can think about. A lot of truths in your life right now. Someone said once, um, we don't believe um, facts. We believe the truth. And a lot of facts are like littered in things that the enemy wants you to see on YouTube or things. I remember when like COVID hit and like, people were rioting in like other states and stuff like this. And there were all these conversations going around and like videos floating of people saying like, this was good and no, this is good. And people were like arguing like, well, this is why this is true. And this is why and it was just darkness, just growing and feeding and hate growing and feeding and hate growing and feeding. Jesus said, I am the way the truth in the life and no one will come to the father except through me i know that you have truth and i know that you see truth in your life and i know that you can see like this happened because of this and this happened because of this and this happened because of this but what i'm asking is for those of you that are believers to abandon your truth and draw closer to christ I'm asking you to learn how to start your day off going to prayer, to the temple, and choosing to pick up his perspective and his lens and the things that he sees as good and bad and the things that he wants for our life every day. Because if I'm not careful, I can put on my feelings. And when I put on my feelings, I get feeling all kinds of nonsense. I get mad at you. I feel rejected by you. feel abandoned by you. I feel bitter at you. I feel all kinds of stuff. Those are called strongholds. But it's not the lens that Christ is asking me to put on. Does that make sense? Uh, Lord, I'm asking that you'd speak. Make this make, make sense. Make this make sense. Make this make sense. About midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's change came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners had escaped. That was his prison. His greatest fear just came to life. You see that? What I love is Paul and Silas were in prison, chained. Chains came off, the doors came open, and they stayed singing. There ain't no prison in here. There's no situation you're in that you're actually stuck in. You're just choosing the enemy to believe you that you're trapped. What if actually that prison was your launching pad to freedom? I choose to sing. It's really hard to be angry when you choose to worship the Lord. It's really hard to be angry or sad or frustrated or depressed or feel alone when you choose to. You are good, you are good, you are good, you are good. You're so good, you're so good, you're so good. Yeah. Shut up, Deb. And then, and then this jailer, uh, he, he, they, they woke up. They said, hey, man, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer calls out, and they rushed in, trembling before Paul and Silas, and they brought him out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, you and your household. I, I love that. Like they, they Probably if they felt like they were a prisoner in that situation, they would have ran as quickly as the earthquake hit and those chains came off. But they had a different mindset. God didn't put them in that prison. They're... You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing. All right. I said all that to say this. I don't know what tools you use to overcome the enemy in your life. I don't, I don't know how to put the lens on you that you can see what you're walking into. We've been saved. We've been born again. We've been born of the Spirit, the Bible says in John chapter 3. When we're born again, the Spirit of God lives in us, and we are physical beings living in a spiritual war, uh, in a spiritual world. And I'm not asking you to rage uh, warfare on the devil. That's not the objective. Like, just glorify Jesus. Glorify Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's going to reveal stuff. He's going to show you things. How do you fight the enemy you're fighting? One of the first things I, I try to do, honest to God, I, I try. I try to sing every day. I try. I believe. I believe praise is a weapon. I can see it so many times in Scripture that man, they're walking around Jericho. They're going to war, like they're like I'm thinking bazookas and machine guns and all these things. Like they've got cannons and archers and things. War. Send the dancers out, man. We'll win this thing. Don't worry about it. Can you imagine the Marines, you know, and like well, the banners and like? It's my strategy. When, when um, yep. S- second thing, um, you got to pray. Some of you have, have been blessed with the gift uh, uh, to pray in tongues. But you don't use it. And I I don't know what to do with that. You've been given an ability to speak in tongues of angels, to walk and intercede. The Bible calls it a perfect prayer in Romans chapter 8. Like, it's a perfect prayer. I want that. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Spirit. You want to know why you can't see in the Spirit? Probably because you're not in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit at all times, the Bible says. And here's the third thing. Read your Bible. It's one of the values of our church, the Word of God. The Word of God is one of the greatest values. I, I am not interested in us becoming conservatives. I'm not interested in you buying into the principles of the kingdom. I'm interested in people that want to be a disciple and want to follow Jesus. And so, the only way that you can know the truth is by spending time and asking him how he feels or what he likes. I want to grow more in love with Jesus. Now, here is the reality: you don't have to pray to be saved. You have to pray to be saved. But like you, how do I say this? People get upset when we start talking about reading the Bible, and they feel convicted. Like You don't have to be reading your Bible every day to be a Christian. This is not a mark of salvation. It's a mark of the fruit of love for Jesus. I know how my heart is gauged towards whether or not I am on fire for Jesus and I'm passionate about Jesus by the level of passion and enthusiasm that I have for His Word. Because if I'm in love with Jesus, I want Him to speak to me. If I'm in love with my wife, I want her to talk to me. You know what I'm talking about? This is the number one way that God speaks to his people. And as I read, I know truth. Now, I was sitting with a friend this weekend. and They said, I'm not good at reading the Bible. I don't know what to read. Okay. If you're not good at reading the Bible, read Proverbs. This month, there's 31 days of the month, and there's 31 Proverbs. Whatever day of the month it is, read that day. I guarantee you. I'll bet you all the money in my pocket that he will speak to you with one verse. And when I'm looking for God to speak to me, I most of the time only need one verse. This week I was reading in Proverbs and he said about about running into situations with haste. It's what I do all the time. I love to just be passionate, put my head down and run into a situation. And then afterwards I realized that was the wrong thing to do. God said it to me again. I knew it. I heard the word of the Lord, and I knew today the only thing I didn't do is shut up. Don't run into a situation. God will speak to you in the book of Proverbs. If you can, you want to read something in the New Testament every day. Read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're not reading the Bible, don't start in Leviticus, Genesis, Deuteronomy. This is where everyone starts. I have been reading the Bible a while. Where should I start? Don't start here. Start with red letters. Read the book of John over and over and over again. But Proverbs is a good, stinking place to start. But this is our truth. Now, oh my gosh. Hey, if there's people coming in, can you, Morgan, can you just not let them come in? Just keep them outside. I'm just gonna keep going. You guys okay with that? Great. Watch this, watch this. Hear me, hear me, guys. Because this is important, this is important, this is important, this is important. This is the Apostle Paul, the guy that just got beat with rods trying to explain to us the strategy of, of how the heck um, they, the 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 chains came off. Romans chapter twelve. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Remember, we were born again. Be transformed by renewing your mind. This is how you become a whole new person. We choose to think differently. Now, cognitive bias is that you're going to always be the same person. You're going to think the same way you always thought. But when we transform our thoughts, we're choosing, that was wrong. I'm going to choose to believe what God wants me to believe. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm not going to accept this feeling. I'm not rejected. I'm not alone. I'm not forsaken. I'm not a dog with fleas. I can overcome. I God is with me. He does still love me. Does this make sense? Yes. Yes. You have to choose. Now watch this. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. And the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Anxiety, depression, loneliness, rejection, fear. We have the power. We have the power. You don't need... mm, We demolish every argument. And I love that. We demolish arguments. It's happening right here. This is the stupid argument happening in my brain. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I take that thought and I say, no, I see what you're trying to do there. I take that feeling and I say, I know what you're trying to do there. You're trying to bring division in my marriage. You're trying to make me overreact on my kids. You're trying to make me feel shame again. I am not embracing that feeling, that thought, that lie. It is not from the Lord and I do not accept it. That is a lie from the hell. I reject it. And you know what? Jesus is Lord. I am. And so this is what I do every day. I don't do this every day. That would be lying. Every week I read this. Sometimes I do it every day. And these are thoughts that I realize. Some of these I got online, most of them are mine. And I tell them over myself, and it helps me identify who I am. Because when I have a feeling or a thought that causes me to want to shrink back or be alone or push people away or feel bad for myself, I recognize that thought. Here are the thoughts that I know I should have. You want me to read them to you? This is how we're going to do this. Sorry that I'm going extra long today. You're getting extra stuff for free. Number one, Jesus is first in my life, and I exist to serve him and glorify him. Not me, him. Not my wife, him. Not my children, him. I love my wife, and I will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve Him with their whole hearts, and will nurture and I will nurture and equip and train and empower them to do more for His kingdom than they could possibly imagine. I love people and believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I possess love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, selflessness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. And because of Christ, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, and my leadership is stronger. I am anointed and empowered and equipped and called to reach people that are far from God. My my words and my thoughts and my imaginations are under the power of Christ, and I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up every day with purpose, direction, and meaning every day for my life. Some days, my purpose is to rest. And every other day, I wake up telling myself that I will not be lazy. I will build the kingdom of God. And the world will be different and better because I serve Jesus Christ today. When I have a thought or a feeling or something that tries to buy its way into my life and cause me to believe it, it's talking me out of the call of God in my life today. And every time I believe something contrary to that, I'm repenting at the end of the day because I damaged my someone. I was lazy. I convinced myself to be alone or to push people away or to reject or to feel bad for myself or whatever. I built walls in my life and blamed them on other people. And if I choose to sing and worship and set a perspective for my life that God is good and he's worthy to be praised, something powerful can happen. You got to sing. You got to pray in the spirit. You got to read your Bible. Nope, I'm sorry. I take that off you. You get to sing. You get to pray in the Spirit. And wouldn't it be wonderful if God spoke to you through the power of his word? Jesus, I repent. I repent for allowing my thoughts to run wild. Today, I take captive over every thought And I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would teach me to make those thoughts prisoner and obedient to Christ. I give you my life. I ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. We canceled apathy. We canceled shame. We canceled depression and anxiety. I love you guys. Uh, We don't cancel any person. I love you. I love you. I love you. There will be people down here at the end of service that want to pray with you. We will have a class for anyone here that wants to go over again or learn the first principles of the kingdom. And outside of that, have a happy turkey day. I love you guys. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God. Find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.